In this series of the RecX podcast, we bring real-life stories from the technology and business community in Birmingham of both challenges and successes from the last couple of months during lockdown. The objective of this podcast is to get these stories and lessons shared throughout our community so it doesn't feel like a struggle and that other businesses and employees are going through similar experiences and times. Our key talking points touch on checking in on your employees' mindsets and well-being, how businesses have had to adapt, what scenario planning have businesses been planning on and what does the future hold as we look to phase out of lockdown. What is more obvious than anything right now is that collaboration and togetherness is far more important than trying to go it alone. If you have anything to say or would like to be involved in the podcast, then please drop me a line and get in touch via LinkedIn or Twitter. For now, we hope you enjoy the new series. In this episode of RecX Meets Tech Businesses in the West Midlands, I speak to the young and upcoming Lupe Testware, whom are doing great things in the software and test consultancy arena. Um, I speak with the two founders, uh, Linford and James, who are just two down-to-earth individuals who have been doubling down during lockdown, working hard and still maintaining high standards as they look to completely regenerate the consultancy arena by offering a great customer experience. So I hope you enjoy. It's a great episode. Let's go. Hi, gents. Uh, Welcome to this episode of RecX. So it's nice to have both you boys on board today so if James you want to go first you want to give us a bit of an introduction to you and, and the business and your background yeah absolutely cheers Dan. so uh, we are loop testware and um, we're a boutique QA company consultancy um, with interest in software more broadly uh, personally I've been in technology for about 10 years uh, I'm 29 now and kind of came through like a relatively corporate background, starting in test management and moving closer and closer to engineering, um, you know, up to, up to this point now where, um, you know, I'm operating as a kind of technical developer in test, kind of QA test architect somewhere in that space, um, you know, on behalf of Loop Testware for our clients. Nice, nice. Linford? Hey Dan, yeah, I'm Linford, I'm the other half of Loop Testware. Um, So I had a bit of a kind of circuitous route to IT. So I started my career uh, many years ago as a mechanic, uh, left school, done an apprenticeship, which I I really believe in and and really value still. Um, I did that for about five years, um, decided on a career change, had a sort of early life crisis at the age of 21, uh, moved into telecoms. I did that for about five or six years. Um, and then in all honesty, I landed into a software testing role, um, purely because I, I wanted to move to another company, um, for more money that was, uh, sort of uh, closer to where I lived. I can't even make no bones about that. Um, so I had a little pay rise, um, and very importantly, I'm, I'm a father, so I've got two young daughters. Um, and when my wife was pregnant with my first daughter, um, that really gave me a bit of a, a push and a kick up the backside to, um, I guess to try and progress my career um, and uh, at the time um, what I was really kind of passionate about was, was leadership um, so I really heavily sort of doubled down on, on research reading books um, and investing in 
listening to, to podcasts and bought a kind of few um, sort of like Tony Robbins um, audio books. Um, doubled down, got a couple of relatively quick promotions um, at the company I was working for at the time. Um, and I was working alongside James, my now partner in crime. But found that um, in the corporate environment, I, I couldn't really lead how I wanted to lead. I thought there was a lot of constraints. Um, uh, so rightly or wrongly, I decided that wasn't for me. Um, I was in a, in a stroke of um, maybe luck and fortune. I was um, managing James at the time, um, only managing in the sense of I was above him on some kind of imaginary hierarchy, a corporate hierarchy, but in no way a kind of above him in any way. Um, and yeah, we, we found that we were really on the same wavelength and uh, yeah, we decided to, we, that we wanted to do our own and mapped out this mad plan to try and go out, break out of our, our, our corporate careers and um, start our own consultancy, doing a job that we're passionate about, um, really in the way that we wanted to um, and we thought that would be we best for, 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 you know, maybe selfishly ourselves, um, you know, we want to create an environment that we want to work in. Um, um, but we're also passionate about delivering software quickly with great quality. Um, so we try to, to bring that into, into the work that we do as well. Yeah. So what was the turning point for you both? Because I'm imagining you're both going to have these sort of impacts like where you're in a, well, I'd imagine a, a pretty cushy role um, doing, doing all right for yourselves. And then suddenly, bam, you're going to go and put all the pressures off uh, running a business, which I can completely empathise with, um, off, uh, on, on your shoulders, uh, especially with a young family, uh, Linford. But yeah, talk to us about what, what went through your, um, your minds when you decided to do it. Yeah, I think it was, um, by all accounts, a terrible time to make a decision like that. So, uh, you know, I'm a similar position, so father to young daughter. Um, I think he was kind of less than one year old at the time that we decided to set up. So, uh, you know, like many other people, kind of, you know, big mortgage, 30 years ahead of me in that. And um, yeah, in a very kind of comfortable, well-paid job mm. where I was progressing quite well. But um, yeah, it just really didn't scratch an itch. I think we kind of, um, you know, not speaking for both of us, but I think we, we sort of like, um, as Linford said, kind of really got on the same wavelength about what we really wanted to be doing, which was mm. to deliver um software at pace with great quality using you know kind of all of the technologies and practices that that we want to and the corporate environment we were working in was just so restrictive um you know it's unbelievable for, for guys who have never worked in kind of like a big corporate how slow these machines really do move sometimes mm. so um it was really it was really about trying to do the cool stuff you know work with the cool technology sort of advance our skills um you know into a part of the market that we really felt like we could operate in um you know we're you know we're by no means the company that you come to for you know an enormous headcount or massive scale but what we do do we do really well i think um you know we're we're a really excellent small group of individual contributors who you know when we work with our clients can do really good stuff and, and that's mm -hmm. exactly what we wanted to hit on when we when we left really so there was no good time or you know kind of like logic around why that was a a good point to do it it was you know really kind of driven through passion and, and wanting to do something together yeah good yeah exactly I'll, I'll echo that um you know i think if you want if you want to do something i'm a firm believer in in now is the time um although now may not feel like the time given given coronavirus um now is probably an even more scary time if you think about going out on your own into business but yeah absolutely it, it you know it was scary there were um 
you know, there were risks involved to our, our own personal finances. It didn't just impact us as individuals, but impacted our, our you know, our wives and, and children who were dependent on us. But we just felt like, you know, that the, the time was right. You know, we should strike out. Um, and to be honest, that, that, you know, we are in software quality and, and testing. So we are, um, you know, by nature, um, our mind goes straight to risks and mitigating risks. And that's one of the reasons why we went off together, because we had a, you know, I, th I think two minds are exponentially better than one, um, particularly when you're on the same wavelength. Um, so that was our, our main um, way of mitigating risk financially was to take some shared risk together, you know. So um, in, in uh, for instance, with our, our, you know, our consultancy where we can both be, be you know, be billable. And if one of us isn't, you know, we're the other one is, we're still generating some revenue. So, uh, so yeah, that's 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 how we mitigated some risk anyway. <laughs> so it's always some risk when you when you when you're both on your own, as I as I know. Um, yeah. What what I wanted to, to ask is, so when when exactly did the business set up? How long, how long have you been going? We were kind of in stealth mode from about uh, June 2018. So we kind of consider our kind of like start in life to be June 2018 when our company founded but uh, I think we were probably not trading until September 2018. Okay fine yeah so good good just over 18 months 18 yeah. months now yeah? Um, yeah okay so what let's let's talk about this whole uh, lockdown malarkey which everyone's sort of got used to doing now what has been the sort of last 10 weeks for you guys um, as a small as a small little business, because um, if you're happy for me to say, you're, you're, you're in your office now. Um, so I've got a small family as well. I wish I'd, I was in that office with you right now, but um, <laughs> what, what, um, you know, what, what, what's it, what's it been like and what, what was the actions you took um, at, at the start? So, I mean, uh, kind of how has it affected us? So we're not always in our office. Um, we like to try and spend time kind of at our client site. We sort of really do believe in face-to-face -face communication, but um, you know, the client that we're working with at the moment have done uh, you know, a fantastic job of kind of turning their business around into like a remote operation. Nice. Um, and, you know, for us personally, kind of like the administrative side of our business and allowing us to kind of do, do, do the things we need to do. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think, I think we kind of spotted that, especially as a small company, one of the best things that you can do is invest in kind of like very flexible SaaS type solutions that basically allow you to work from anywhere. Like we're by yeah. no means the kind of like a typical, um, you know, digital nomad, but um, anywhere we are with our laptops, you know, we could, we could do our job. And, mm -hmm. you know, that, I think that probably came from a place where we want, at one time did not have an office. We were homeless. We were working out of, um, you know, hotel lobbies. We had to like borrow a few conference rooms in the evenings to kind of like do some of our meetings and stuff. So, so we kind of came from a place where we needed to be mobile. So, but we were kind of born in that environment, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. And I, I mean, on a, on a personal level, I've I've continued to work in the office that we've got all throughout Corona. So, on a personal level, I I just find that I cannot be productive at home, and I like to to when I'm at home, be at home, be with my you know, be with my children who are, who are five and three, and they don't really understand the concept of daddy's working at home. Please don't you know, please don't disturb him. And you know, and rightly so. Yeah. So I like I like to be all in when I'm at work. I like to be at work, and when I'm at home, I like to be at home. Yeah. And given that there is there's three of us um, kind of in the company, we've got a, a, a chap who works for us. So he's he's a uh, 
self-isolating at home and has been all throughout as soon as the guidance was was to do that yeah um but i think both myself and james took the decision to uh, you know to come into the office and and between the two of us in our big office socially distanced as you know as as we could um yeah. and then uh, you know broader within our family groups we're kind of like two isolated groups within our you know within our family so we've got a kind yeah. of close circle there and we, we 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 took our conscious decision as um small business owners because we we really wanted to to double down and remain productive and still deliver a great service for our clients um you know and we felt like um you know, being unproductive from home um totally separate would have potentially you know potentially damaged us and and you know completely finished our business mm. um which you know we, we we see a lot of um out there um so yeah that that was that that was my uh and i think but you know that was certainly my my conscious decision well um you guys talk a lot about customer experience which is um it's close to my heart because it's uh, it's what our business name is based on. But um, what, what what why why have you guys why are you so passionate about customer experience? I think one of the key things is that um, you know I, I kind of particularly see this in in a web based environment, which is kind of like where I like to spend most of my time technically, right? Which is that um, people don't care whether they're using you know Amazon's web applications or whether they're using, you know, Joe Bloggs' web applications, there's, there's an expectation for a level of service and a level of quality now yeah. and that consumers expect, and they don't care whether you have, um, you know, a multi-billion pound technology operation or whether you do it from your bedroom, they expect a certain standard. Mm. So um, that's, that's something, that's something that really hits home for me. Like everybody hates having a, you know, kind of like a crappy experience. Right. So um, that, that's kind of really what gets it for me. I think, delivering quality software that's recognizable as being of a great quality kind of like regardless of whether you're a huge company with a multi-billion pound you know it budget technology budget whatever you want to call it or whether you're a small independent developer the expectation from a consumer of quality of the applications they you know they use does not change yeah and have you both have you, is that how you've always been both of you in terms of your you know how you how you worked before or has this come out of, not saying that you, this is personal to you, by the way, but in terms of, you know, maybe the teams you're working in, you know, what, was there not that element of customer experience in your opinions? I think some degree, to some degree not. Um, I think in corporate settings, particularly when you work in IT, um, <coughs> your, your customers as, as such can be internal and, you know, can be you know, colleagues and people that you, that you work with. So, so maybe there isn't quite that same um, that same kind of customer first ethos because maybe you just think, oh, it's just another you know another member of you know X company. Um, you know, we don't really need to keep them keep them pleased. Um, and maybe on a personal level, I think maybe the teams that I've worked in and a few teams that I've led, I probably haven't really driven the the, the customer service um, angle quite as much as I have when it's. Um, you know my own business and you know mine and name uh, james's name above the door um you know we're, we're not really in this for money i think we, we are in it for customer service you know and getting you know seeing a, a smile on a customer's face or you know getting an email or having a phone call uh, where you're getting great feedback about your work um you know we're not talking about money or commercials we're just talking about you know you guys helped to solve this problem you, know, you delivered a great demo you know wow you know well done that, that's like that's really satisfying um 
you know, a, you know, a level for me that isn't, you know, isn't about money. It's just, you know, knowing that you've done a great job. So, um, so yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I'd say that, uh, I, I guess, swinging back to, to the answer, I think for me, I haven't previously been as customer centric as I, as I have now. What, what um, you guys are obviously not been, not been around that long. Would you class this to be one of your values as a, as a business? Um, and you know, do you have any other company values that you know that need to be official? You know, not something that's like you know graffiti on your walls or anything. But you know, what, what what are, if any, uh, are your sort of main mantras as a business? Yeah, I mean, we kind of do. Have, we do have um, we do have a few which get kind of you know used quite a lot in the in the Loop Testware office. But I think one that we really believe in, which actually is written on our wall, is that mediocrity scales. So I think you can be a very average big company pretty easily but i think it's very very difficult to be like an excellent big company so um we're quite satisfied in being a small company that are very very good at what they do and we'd like to continue to be recognized that as we do grow um you know i i I don't suspect we don't have any plans to ever be like an enormous corporate business but as we scale in terms of headcount which we're you know actively trying to do right now um we'd still like to be recognized as a you know, a, a relatively small organization that can do, you know, very big, very great things mm. other than being like a, you know, a medium or large size, very average company. No, really, really strong. Good. Um, I, I'm, yeah, in a similar boat to you, you both, you know, we want to keep that level of service and quality of work. Absolutely. Top of its game, because as soon as you, you lose that, you know, you've got a lot, a lot to lose. Um, and and I'm not, again, I'm not talking monetary. Um, I'm talking reputation, which you can't, you can't buy back. Right. So, um, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, I, I can empathize and understand what you guys are doing. So talk to me about, uh, what's been tough for you guys. Cause I imagine it, 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 it has, and it hasn't, I mean, what you guys look like you're, you're proper motivated and, Got, got everything, got the ball by the horns at the moment, but talk to us about the, the, the toughest challenges you've had um, over the last 10 weeks. I'd, I'd love to tell you that we've had a more difficult time, but um, especially being a particularly small company, I think we've weathered this exceptionally well. Um, we're, we're a fairly sort of like conservative company. We don't have like enormous overheads. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're very fortunate in that the work we've been doing for, you know, the last 10 weeks plus plus um has been fairly consistent and as i mentioned like you know the client that we're operating with at this point in time uh, have done an excellent job of continuing to to do business yeah so so that hasn't really kind of impacted us i think i think we're we're all you know we collectively as a as, a, as an industry are probably going to see tougher times ahead for, for a long time i agree with you i think there's no kind of um you know post covid now i think I think we are now post COVID like COVID has happened. We may be yeah. locked down at some point in the near future, but this is definitely going to be world changing for the medium term. So I think we probably still have tougher times ahead, uh, you know, on, on the kind of like point of transparency, like we've definitely found that, you know, clients that we were hoping to do work with um, in the near future are now probably not in a position to, to kind of work with us in the way that we thought they would. Mm. Um, and we don't entirely know if that can be kind of directly attributed to to COVID-19, but I'm sure that somewhere along the line, you know, the fact that their operations had to change significantly, um, whether their workload is higher or lower than it was before in the time that they want to put into 
kind of like mature in the state of their um, kind of like test kind of environment approach tools technology whatever you want to call it um, probably now means that they want to kind of delay their interaction with us so so there has been some impact but um, you know if I if I kind of compare us to a lot of small businesses that I know um, I think we've we've weathered it very well for the time being I'm more worried about what's to come Yeah, I think I uh, totally agree with all of that. We 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 did at one point have a, a you know a bit of a cash flow challenge, but we we, we got over that. Um, and I think from a business perspective, James covered it in terms of we 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 had a client that we were lining some work up with, uh, but unfortunately they they can't commit to anything in the in the near future. Mm. And then on a personal level, I think perhaps we've both had the same challenge in that our um our our good wives are both at home looking after their children and, and you know, being teachers, mothers, wives, and, and doing a, an absolutely amazing job there for us, you know, to, that allows us to, to, you know, be at work every day, um, you know, and deliver our service. Um, and so balancing, supporting um, that, uh, on, you know, on a personal level has probably been a challenge that we may not have faced had, you know, had COVID not have it happened, um, you know, but I'm sure every, every, um, everyone up and down the country who's a who's a working parent is um is facing that challenge at the minute yeah it is it has been difficult i was i mean my next i was going to ask you is how, how's it been that whole juggling um the whole work uh and and home life but i suppose you've been quite lucky in that you've, you've had an opportunity to, to separate them still yeah yeah, I think that's that's probably one of the ways that we're 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 trying to handle it in terms of you know I'm on a personal level myself. I'm trying to to try and to we're trying to stick to a routine. And I, as a family, um, you know, my family, we're trying to stick to a, a routine of you know some you know schooling in in kind of normal school hours. We'll be at home and yeah. uh, you know you know me me coming out to work. Um, but of course, there are times where you know um, both of us have you know got to come into the office you know, late if there is you know whatever concept of that has kind of gone out the window and you know worked late in, you know work late into the evenings or you know do some work on on the weekend but that that is you know in, in a way regardless of you know covid or no covid um, when you're running a business that's what you that's what you sign up for um, yeah. now uh, interestingly i came across you linford um at the school of code demo day um yes. so yes. that's how it came across you guys um so you've obviously got a community element in terms of you know from what I can, I can read. Um, what, what's your, your take on the whole school of code, digital skills, solution providers, and, and, and that whole community piece? Are you, are you guys keen to be involved in that? What, you know, what, as a business, is that something you're, you've got an eye on? Yeah, I think for sure. So, um, I was there that demo day too, kind of, um, sat a little bit behind them for sort of watching the watching the demo and we were kind of really impressed so we've lined up some conversations with some of the guys from school of code uh, i think it's a, it's an incredible initiative like i think it was probably i don't know man maybe as far as six months back what do you reckon six months back that we first sort of heard of the school of code yeah and sort of um more broadly like some um kind of silicon canal initiatives um i think it's amazing man so we're a we're a midlands based company and the Midlands tech scene is important to us. Um, mm -hmm. We know a lot of other people kind of around here who it's also important to. So um, I think that's great. I think the School of Code done a particularly good job. They seem like a really kind of like diverse cohort this time and last time the time before, which is excellent to see. 
and um, yeah, we're very much believers in kind of initiating people into the world of technology. So we're, we're, we're very much keen to do that ourselves as well and kind of play a part in, um, you know, bringing somebody into the industry. That's, um, that's definitely something that we're looking to do. Yeah, good. I'm, I'm glad because, um, yeah, it's, it's one of our sort of side things that we do as to why I was on that, on that demo day. But we, um, we're keen to get more sort of stories like this out. And I think what has historically happened for a lot of those solution providers is that, you know, the bigger or sort of medium to bigger size companies have been taking people on. Uh, because they've got more resources. But actually the reality is, School of Code is a perfect example that you know, these these guys and girls are like at a level before they've even graduated where actually they should hit the ground running the most grads that you could take a you know a, a, a hit on. So um, I think uh, you know, the fact that you guys are doing that is another strong example to many other businesses to open their eyes and, and actually look at bringing these people in and, and giving them an opportunity. Um, because you know, from what I've, I've understood and heard, and I did a podcast with Bamwo from the School of Code a few weeks ago. Um, you know, these guys are these guys are coming out better, sharper, quicker than most grads are at the moment, um, which I think is is saying a lot. Um, so yeah, cool. So Linford, just what, really quickly, what? So your background was fairly non-traditional as well, then, as we're on the whole community piece. Yeah, I, I, I guess it was. Yeah, yeah. Started off as a as a mechanic, and then um, I guess really fell into to IT. I think I saw when I when I when I moved from being a mechanic into telecoms, um, yeah. which I guess you could call it broad ICT, uh, information communication technology. I I saw an ad in a, in a paper and thought, oh, that looked decent, and applied for it and, and got a role. Um, so yeah, almost almost fell into a role. I never, I, I don't even think when I was at school, um, which was quite a while ago, um, IT wasn't as prevalent as it is now no and uh, you know I don't even think I had a computer in my home growing up and I didn't do IT at school I chose I think that the, the choice was between if I remember IT or resistant materials um, and I decided to do resistant materials instead because I thought yeah. that's probably a better chance of getting a role doing something like that but you know they, they, there you go. <laughs> what about you James what, 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 what route did you come through? Yeah, so I've got a pretty eclectic background if you go all the way back. Uh, I think, like my, my first job was like working with animals, which is like, one of the things they tell you not to do, right? But um, my first job kind of out of school was in a sales environment. I actually used to be a double glazing salesman. So yeah, that's a, yeah, I can imagine the reaction already. But um, that was, um, that was really interesting. I think that kind of um, probably gave me my first taste in like the world of, of business. That was very much kind of like a, you know, numbers, margins, kind of, kind of job. So like really sales focused, obviously. Um, mm. But it was very demanding for a very young person. It was like 12, 14 hour days, six days a week. It was pretty tough. So I moved out of that after about nine months and um, started working for a bank in Coventry. And um, it was while I was with that bank. I was with those guys for like six years. And um, probably after three and a bit years, I moved into... Um, into a test management role um i suppose it may be a little bit like linford i was probably on kind of like a potentially kind of on like a leadership track i guess um yeah. you know these big companies kind of like they're very kind of like active in their development of people right so they kind of always pigeonhole you know exactly where people are kind of going to end up and sort of focus all of their kind of like development and training around a specific thing but um i got an opportunity to work on a big project they were doing 
which was um, implementing like web chat. Yeah. So that's like that's what really prevalent now. But at the time, um, that they were the first bank to to do that, and they wanted to implement like a web chat interface into their kind of online and mobile platforms as like an alternative to call centers. Um, and I had a I had a background in call centers, so some of the technology crossed over. Um, I worked with a I worked with a couple of BAs in kind of like an analysis and sort of testing capacity for like a short period of time. And uh, yeah, I'm quite thankful to those two guys, Craig and Craig, actually, for sort of um, helping me get my kind of like first step on the kind of technology ladder, albeit not from a kind of like a particularly technical perspective, but certainly in like the arena of, you know, bringing new software into businesses. Mm. Um, and yeah, basically, I um, I got quite close to that project and spent probably more of my time in the office on it than I should have done. That wasn't the role that I was meant to be there for, but um Eventually, um, they were recruiting internally for somebody to manage the test phase of that project. And yeah. um, I spoke to um, a few of the kind of like lead guys in testing at that time and said, like, you know, am I, you know, I don't have a background in this. Like, am I in Mother Shop? And um, I think the, the, you know, the kind of like domain knowledge and experience I, I'd gained at that point was probably just enough to sort of like get me into that position and yeah. uh, to do, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of learning to kind of get through the interview really to sort of understand like how to effectively manage a, a test phase. That was like, you know, a big waterfall program in those days. Um, and I had some kind of like really good mentors in my early testing career. Um, but from kind of test management moved kind of quite quickly um, down the kind of technical, down the technical route. I think I realized that, you know, you can automate a lot of the things that you, don't want to have to do and some 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 jobs computers are better at than humans and some jobs humans are better yeah. at than computers and sort of like managed to kind of like find my way down that route um you know i'm quite a keen sort of hacker experimenter in my own time so um yeah i kind of gained like the minimum viable technical skills to be able to do some of the things that i wanted to do mm. um and kind of continued on going down that road up to a point now where you know i'm quite happy to sort of like trade on my skills as a as like the primary commodity in our profession so mm. um yeah that's kind of that was kind of my route man yeah. it's funny because obviously a lot of um sort of modern uh technology roles yeah, or even when they're at uni and and, and one they're, they're, they're driving people towards coding quite a lot now you i know you you both fell into um into the whole testing piece and, and it piece but what advice would you give to young people um this could be non-traditional traditional whatever what advice would you give to young people to to, to seek a career in and specifically testing um and, and what sort of skills and traits has it given given you both i think there's a few things you could do man i think there's, a, there's definitely a few things you could do i mean one recommendation i would definitely have now is to um make your application to the school of codes next cohort they seem to be doing a really good job over there but um they, they i know that they focused you know for example on like a test driven development cycle which is you know very much you know relevant in today's market i think that you know it seems like what they're teaching the guys coming out of there um is kind of like very relevant in the industry right now as far as far as getting into testing um i think to get into kind of entry level positions all you really need is like the right attitude and the right mindset mm. um and I think um, testing is a long road now. It's very different than it used to be. Um, I think there are a number of different ways that you could enter the industry. And I don't necessarily think that they all, they all start at the bottom. Um, 
I, I still think kind of like finding yourself a, a junior position and learning the ropes and working the way up is it's like a totally viable career path for somebody entering technology generally speaking um but i, I think that um you know the kind of core jobs around software development are very transient now so i think you probably have people from kind of like operations or devops type of backgrounds moving into this kind of like development and test space yeah equally as you do with developers like you know you must have seen now developers kind of moving into the developer and test space because the need for that kind of position in in development teams is just growing all the time and the market cannot supply it um so you do see people kind of moving through these positions but i mean i'm not you know i'm not massively one for sort of job titles anyway i kind of use them because it makes it it, you know it makes sense to people that do yeah Um, but um you know we are we, we are quite a diverse little company anyway. Like we do do our own work, which you would consider to be, you know, kind of like purely a development activity. Mm. Sometimes, you know, sometimes in the interest of kind of improving testing or testware for our clients and sometimes purely just to build products. So, um, yeah, I think there's, there's a number of routes in now, number of routes in, you can, you can totally still join it, join it kind of like, you know, quote unquote the bottom, but, um, I think you can still find entry level positions and work your way up, but I think that there's also a route in, um, you know, in a far more technical way now than there used to be perhaps coming from like a development or an operations background. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, not too much to add really. Um, I, t- I tend not to, to give really specific advice, but as a broad brush advice to, cause I think it's really hard and it probably depends on, on the context, but if we're, we're talking about a context of a, you know, maybe a young person, um, you know, a school or a university leaver, I would, uh, and if you've got, you know, a, a passion or a little itch for, for technology, um, I think whether you're going into to, to testing or development or, you know, DevOps, um, you know, I, I'd probably just have a, have a broad interest. There's plenty of material online, you know, either on, on YouTube or things like uh, Test Automation University or Pluralsight. Uh, maybe if you can have a free trial or kind of, kind of student thing, you know, have a look around, watch some videos, um, you know, look on the internet, see what communities around like the School of Code or any kind of local meetups, you know, and, and maybe as a young person go to a, you know, maybe go to a meetup in the evening and speak to somebody who's doing a development role or a DevOps role or a testing role. Yeah. Maybe trying to get an understanding of their, you know, of their day-to-day, what they love, what they don't, you know, love, and, and um, you know, sort of ha- you know, just to help, you know, frame um, and maybe get some experiences. There's, there's so much you can do if you have a, you know, a laptop or a computer at home. You know, you can start, you know, you can start writing some code. You can test it, you know, yourself. Um, you could just log onto a website and see if you can find any anything that you think is an issue or a bug um, or a defect with it. Um, yeah, you know, and, and reach out to the community, you know, to the community, and reach out to some to some local community, uh, local companies. Um, that that would be my really broad advice. Um, Good stuff, um, lads. I think what I would say is you're you're, you're the most down to earth, um, nicest um, little tech company I've I've spoken to, um, and to be able to have that site, and I've obviously learned a lot. Um, in what I would probably say is a short amount of time, um, is, is obviously credit to you to you both. What's the what's the future hold for you for you boys um, and 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 the business and and what you, what are your plans over the next twelve months? Because as it seems, you you've, you've built your own normal by the sounds of it. 
Yeah, I, I like to think so. Um, more of the same, I think, would be the first thing that I'd like to see over the next 12 months. I think, you know, we've really enjoyed our journey to date. And if it carries on, um, you know, as it has done so far, then we'd be very happy. But some of the kind of specific goals that we've got are probably um, bringing, bringing some of our own software to market. That's definitely, that's definitely something that we're particularly interested in doing. Um, some to kind of aid and assist the, the testing landscape and some which is completely unrelated. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's probably some of our specific goals. We want to grow a little bit, you know, hopefully attract some new clients and sort of meet some new people, have some different experiences. But if, if, if at the bare minimum we have more of the same, I'd be very happy. Exactly it. Try and launch a product, try and grow a little bit so we get some like-minded individuals within the company and also help, you know, help some individuals grow into, into some tech roles and then, you know, go out into the wide world if they want to, or, you know, continue to grow with us so we can put back into the, into the community what we've taken out and, uh, and continue to have some fun. So as well as delivering great customer service and, you know, helping our clients deliver great, great software, um, you know, we want to work in a fun environment and so we try to offer yeah amazing james linford has been uh, been a pleasure but if people want to get in touch they want to hear more about your services what you guys are offering um or you know just maybe want to speak to you about how you're getting on with 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 the community side um how, what's best uh, the best way to get in touch with you with you boys so you can find us at uh, info at loop testware is our, is our kind of like main correspondence email and uh, we're also at loop testware on twitter and looptestware.com if you want to um, come and chat to us on our website we have a chat feature up there too good stuff gents thank you very much for your time um and uh, it's been a pleasure well, thanks dan and thanks for your kind words as well no worries yeah thank you very much dan